0: I said what you know about To the stew, my name is Jason Stewart. This is a food podcast. Andre Conaparo, say hello. Hello. My brother Chris Stewart is not here today. Rest
1: in pieces, Stewie.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You know, he. Yeah, we were we were trying to schedule how to have my brother be on the show,
1: and it's just not really working out. Unfortunately, I feel bad. We're working on this week wasn't, but we're trying to get a schedule in advance now.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But like all the days that he can do it are just like days that I don't ever want to do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure, but that's fine. Mm. He can listen in on in spirit. We uh,
1: we miss him. We miss him. I hung
0: out with him a couple days ago. I went to his restaurant. Oh, I still haven't gone. Had a proper meal.
1: Damn it. How was it? We'll go soon.
0: It was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I drank a. a Glass of very nice white wine, real minerally, a cool Spanish white. Sick. Paired very well with my platter of Indian treats.
1: Yeah, did you just tell him go ham? Did you even order?
0: Uh, I ordered the chicken tiki masala poutine, mm. and then from there, I just told him to hit me with the hit me with the, the specials, the specialties. And everything was super good. My, they have these really good pickles that they do. Mm. It's kind of like a little quick pickle, Indian style, with like some Indian ish spices, vinegar, and it was like some really nice dill pickles, cauliflower, onions, no cauliflower, um, carrots, and and raw turmeric that was pickled, which was really oh, cool, very sick, which was great. But then even even better. Uh, I took the leftovers home and made just like a bowl out of everything. Mm-hmm. Squirted some lebne all over it, and a bunch of avocado slices, and you know, pickled veg on top, and a nice, pretty little garnish. And now you've got an Indian bowl that fit for a king.
1: I feel some like chopped
0: up short rib chunks in there.
1: If there are leftovers that you take home. I will usually hear, best part is, next day, (laughs) threw it all together and fried it with rice or put an egg on top of it.
0: Yeah, is that a sign of, like, narcissism, perhaps? Where, like, yeah,
1: this restaurant... it was
0: good. It was fine. But once I took it home and (laughs) put an egg on top of it, it
1: really opened up.
0: Yeah, like, I guess they do, like, they cook their food at their restaurant and people order it and that's fine. But then, like, when I... Two days later, reheat it at home in a microwave, mm. and then sprinkle some stuff on it. It's way better. Really, and it gets way more likes on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was—I mean, no, it sounds great. There Isn't are so it? many of these bowl. I've, like every day for lunch for the last couple of weeks, maybe even longer, I just make a bowl, mm-hmm. and it's usually vegetarian, mm-hmm. and it usually involves your mom's. Shard, sure, and I just make I just make a bunch of I, I and it's like a thing that I just do every single day now for lunch.
1: So, is there a consistent base to this bowl?
0: Base bowl? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a, a to bowl, this bowl? A
1: bowl base?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get I'll get some rice or a grain of some kind.
1: But that's what I mean. So a, it can a, it can be a varied grain. It's not brown rice every day, it's not quinoa no. every day, it's not millet every day. I like to day. mix it
0: up because otherwise you'll just go crazy. But right. like right now I got some, some some farro from the farmer's market that's really good and then I have some really nice like organic fair trade basmati rice, whatever, like fancy schmancy shit. Super good just make a make a pot of it that'll last you all week. The main element of making it so easy for me is that I have I a bought microwave. a microwave. Yeah, that was like forty dollars on Amazon, and it was like the highest rated microwave on Amazon. Really changed my life in terms of the reheating game. It's so nice. Yeah, it, it really. It's
1: it turns even though it's just five minutes in a pan, just thirty seconds, and walk away from it is, mm-hmm. is, is, is <laughs> it's a difference.
0: And you don't have to add any more oil to it. And you just dump everything in a bowl, put it in the microwave, and you don't have to... Before, it would be like, all right, I'm going to reheat this, and then I have to wipe out the pan and reheat this, and wipe out the pan and reheat this, or I cook it all together, or I'll just dirty up three pans, and suddenly it's just a whole mess. It's so much easier to slop (coughs) slop and buzz, I say.
1: Do you you think there's anything to what it does to the food, nutritionally or texture-wise or anything? Like I whatever. mean, it
0: depends on what you're reheating for yeah. sure, but if it's just like a big old bowl full of slops, uh, I think it's great. And yeah. It almost is better. It's the, it's the, I think it's the best way to reheat it. And then, you know, a lot of people will say microwaves are the devil and they're putting radioactive energy into your food or like destroying its nutritional value or whatever. And
1: I don't know enough about it to believe it. I don't know much about, enough about it either, but I
0: feel like the, that myth of kind of like, I don't have a microwave kill your TV kind of mentality mm-hmm. has sort of been debunked by people who are trusted, you know, like tons if, of food you have to scientists imagine, and chefs. So you also have microwave. to
1: imagine like the technology has changed so much since the invention Oh, yeah. Like in the original microwaves, if you had, if you wore like a necklace and stood in front of it, it would get hot. I mean, it's like, there's very clear things that have changed over the years. Yeah, there, it's like a damn Tesla now. I don't have one, but I also don't have a place for one. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't know where one would go. I can't, I can't buy anything else until I move out of this house. (laughs) Well, you know, it's kind of like a, I didn't really
0: have any room either, but it's one of those, if you build it, they will come scenarios where if you, If you Amazon Prime it, you'll figure out a way to get it going.
1: And there's only I've 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 gone through my kitchen so many times. But you do have a lot of kitchen equipment. But what I was gonna say is I've gone through so many times trying to like narrow it down, narrow it down, narrow it down. And the things that I can't get rid of that I've used rarely: potato ricer, Mm -hmm. gravy separator. (laughs) Because gravy separator is not just for. Thanksgiving, right.
0: Right. Yeah. like
1: when you're separating a braising liquid, like anything that's like really fatty with like a really nice chicken broth. Sure. Well, no, I mean that I'll just put in the fridge and chill and then mm-hmm. scrape off the top or freeze mm-hmm. and then scrape off the top. But like when you're doing something, like you're pulling something out of the oven, but you're going to cook it that day and you don't want to put it in the fridge. It's like, it's just, they're great. Yep. And um, the KitchenAid stand mixer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I don't use every day. Mm-mm. But to you know maybe fifteen times. So you're not going to throw that thing away. <laughs> I just like I mean it wouldn't it wouldn't even be like that. Just get rid of it on Craigslist or something. But or chuck it in the everything garage. else. I mean I guess I could get rid of a couple knives, but also those knives don't take up much space. No. It's like really I don't know what else I can do.
0: It's tough. Well you know we'll figure it out or we won't. But
1: let's, let's keep talking about it though. <laughs> Whatever we do.
0: Yeah um, yeah. So I'll get I'll get. Some grain, so like rice, and then I made some refried beans. So like powdered out of the out of the package, (laughs) like we were talking about. No, no, I had I had like a thing of of heirloom beans that like my mom gave me. um, Rancho Gordo. I was
1: going to ask you Rancho Gordos.
0: And that's the beauty of like getting those dried beans is like. My mom probably gave those to me in, like, 2015. Yeah. And, you know, you look up, like, what's the shelf life of a dried bean? And they're like, mm, You're fine. Overnight, Overnight soak? Quick soak.
1: <clears throat>
0: I did a quick soak, but I did a, I did a different situation. It, well, it started off with a Korean... You soaked it in PD light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not there yet, but it's on my nose. Um, <sighs> Yeah, the recipes, the the formula is almost complete. No. <laughs> it's gotten so much better. Okay. Um,
1: I'm ready to try it.
0: Um, I didn't bring any today, but so I went to this Korean place with Chris Chang, mm-hmm. friends friends of the stew from back in the day. He was the original co-host. Yep. Until I fired him for being too negative. <laughs> but still a near dear friend. Uh He's like, hey, let's go to this Korean pork belly place that nobody ever wants to go with. Go with me too. It's called Jin Jinsoo Gukbap, where it's like they have. There's a hot plate in the middle of the table, and then like a stone, a kind of a shallow stone pot that's wide has a a broth that's like a real, very delicate kind of ginger. Garlic broth, and inside of that are just little kind of wheat thin sized pieces of pork belly, maybe mm, five millimeters thick or so, eighth of an inch, something like that. And they just there, and they line the bowl in a circle, like a beautiful little, like a like how you'd lay out some ritz crackers on a on a party platter. And they put put the heat on it. And then that kind of slowly heats that broth up and and cooks and renders down some of that pork fat. And then you take that with your chopsticks, dip it in some hot sauce, dip it in some whatever dippers. There's banchan. And then there's a bowl of soup with that same broth that has noodles in it and some other like chili flakes and stuff like that. You would love it. It was fantastic. But when we finished scarfing it all down, there was just this thing of really nice pork belly Water took it to go, I was like and and Chris was like, You should just use that for something like I'm like, okay, I'll do that, and then I used that as the uh, bean cooking liquid mm-hmm. so it was Korean pork belly, broth, refried bean, delicious, mm-hmm. super good if i didn't burn it at at the seventh hour of cooking them, they would have been perfect, but at the very end of really cooking it down, because I didn't soak them, so it did end up taking a full seven hours to cook these beans all the way, probably. Wow. Um, but they were really good, really good, and they're still good. Um, so spoon that. Some braised chard cooked down. Zap it up in the fridge. Put some avocado on there. Put some fresh herbs: some dill, some parsley, some microplane. I mean, not microplane. The uh, the Ben Rayner. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> some shallots in there. Boom, boom, boom. And now you got yourself a lunch, and it took five minutes to make. And you don't seven hours to make anything. the
1: beans. Five hours <laughs> heat it up.
0: Well, that it's it's definitely like a meal prep thing. Like, oh, I right, will right. I'll go to the farmers market. I'll get a big ass, a, a pound of shard, mm. Soak, you know, clean it, cut it, cook it down, and stew it down for a couple hours. And then I, now I have a week's worth of that sitting in my fridge. Spoon a couple flaps of it on there, and then off you go, and feeling great. Fills you up without feeling gross. You can put an egg on it. You can put anything on it.
1: Oh, I know you're putting an egg on it.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Sometimes the topping will just be two soft scrambled eggs just flopped on there. You name it.
1: For protein, that'll be like your protein.
0: Mm-hmm. there will
1: be a bunch of random and veg hanging out. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Do you, so are you hitting it with sriracha? Are you hitting it with hot sauce? Are you, do you have, what's going on with
0: the sauce? Oh, one other thing that I do before I sauce, I, I, I'll i go to the farmer's market and I'll get a giant yam, mm. like, a, like a big son of a bitch, like a two-pounder almost, mm. a yam you could fully kill somebody with.
1: An old 96er. Old 96er. That's what you're looking for in <laughs> yam country. In
0: yam country. And then the microwave, I take that yam, I cut it, cut it into like three pieces, put it in the microwave... For 10-15 minutes, take a shower, come back, the yam is cooked perfectly. Chop it it up into manageable cubes, put it in a Tupperware, and then it's just sitting there in my fridge all day. Sounds perfect.
1: I will say, though, the 15-minute microwave cook does sound a little sus. (laughs) On a nutritional situation. No, 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 no. Without knowing anything and not being a scientist and also not being very smart or educated.
0: But more so than boiling?
1: I don't know. I don't know, but like I don't know I'm, either. But on paper, it seems more likely to affect the nutritional inner workings of the vegetable as opposed to the 30 seconds of warmth. But I could be totally wrong. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's the problem is because, like, to ro- like, the problem is we're not smart. <laughs> well, I think it's like easily researchable information that is still up for debate. Like the jury's well, still the out. on I mean, it I, for some people, I think I think
1: that's the kind of thing where it's just like you could read equally intelligent people with completely despondent <clears> and, <throat> and different opinions. I but I for me it the taste. I, I
0: I mean I just kind of go by the taste and the texture of it and like sure and it's a great texture and the flavor is is right on point. And if I'm boiling potatoes, it'll 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 take twenty minutes to soften them up, and you're losing a lot of that. Tater in the tater water. Or I could wrap it in foil, chuck it in the oven, and then an hour and a half later that thing's fucking done. You know what I mean? Totally. I ain't got time for that.
1: So I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep microwaving. I think you should. It's not, I mean we had one when we lived together, we used it all the time. Mm-hmm. It was great. Would you and so what are you saying sauce wise?
0: Sauce wise, I'll do a... will um, take some lebne. Sure with a little lemon juice. Mm. Chop up some herbs or chives or shallots or garlic. A little olive oil, maybe a little vinegar, and just, mm-hmm. just to thin it out a little bit, and then just kind of drizzle that all over it.
1: Yeah, it's a great sauce. That's it.
0: <clears throat> but also, you could just as easily hit it with some Bragg's liquid aminos and some mm-hmm. tapatio. It would be just as lovely if you're not feeling... Creamy, but I'm always creamy. I'd
1: say Bragg's tapatio and lemon.
0: Yeah, man. And you're hitting all those food groups if you're if you're prescribing to the Alton Brown diet. Which are you familiar with the Alton Brown diet? Mm-mm. He like when he I don't know what it was like ten five ten years ago. He lost a bunch of weight and he he published like his exact diet plan. Mm-hmm. And you can find it online, and it's pretty interesting, but. Instead of breaking it down into things that you can't eat, he more so breaks it down into things that you have to eat and how often you have to eat those things. So there's a category of you have to eat these things every day. You have to eat. And then there's another category of you have to eat these things three times a week at least. Mm-hmm. And, then you, and then there's another thing where you can only eat it once a week. And there's another level where you cannot eat. Should it be broken
1: down into your assistant needs to buy you this every day, your assistant (laughs) needs to buy this for you every three days, your assistant (laughs) needs to buy this for you every week. It's not. Well, that's the thing is it's not. It's not a
0: hard diet to, to like adhere to, other than the the last part of it, which is hard, which I'll which I'll get to. But like like every day, whole grains. Um green veggies, fruit, and then you have to eat at least all of those every day, and then three mm-hmm. days a week, oily fish like a salmon or a sardine or whatever mm-hmm. avocados, sweet potatoes, mm. and then things that you can only have once a week, pasta, red meat things like things like that that you should already only have once a week, and then things you should oh and the other thing is things you can only have once a week a single alcohol beverage. Sure. And he, and he says, I make mine a giant martini once a week, and that's my
1: drink for the week. And I mean, this, this all seems very, not common sense, not in a disparaging way, in a very like, yes, this seems intuitive and mm-hmm. smart and mm-hmm. fair and like, mm-hmm. all those things that we don't do because they're not fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those things are not, it's not hard to do except for
0: the one single alcoholic beverage per week.
1: I mean, those those things are, can be hard to do depending on where you're eating, what your schedule is. I mean, that's a very much, that's that situation of, you can do that if you work from home. It's not
0: hard for me or you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: For a lot of people, it's very hard. Yeah, I mean. And
0: we hear you, you're on the commute right now. Yeah. You're driving down to Orange County. You're stuck in that traffic. You're, you're on the
1: 405.
0: You're eating nuts that you bought from a gas station.
1: Stuart, how'd you get here? <laughs> <laughs> I got off the 405 and took. Yeah, braise. you didn't
0: have time to slowly braise your rainbow
1: shard. No, but you're eating um, Wendy's, and that's to me too. Like I, <laughs> every time I read a celebrity chef book. It's like, oh yeah, this makes so much sense because somebody made this for you every day. Not that all Brenda, and obviously he cooks and I'm not trying to knock them at all. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of times where I'm like, any diet's easy when the meals are just delivered to you and they're sure. healthy and they're somehow made to taste good by an incredibly talented chef. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's like just a no-brainer. Absolutely. But what I mean, what he's describing takes. But even thought. then, that's
0: the problem, because there's probably somebody listening right now who's a rich ass person who has that but still, it's 3 a.m., you woke up, and that that little wrap that you got delivered for your dinner wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now, guess who's in that fridge Not trying not to wake the husband up, trying not to wake the wife up, and you're just born into that pint of gelato from Gelson's.
1: Yeah. I, or I, you're just
0: eating cold popcorn from it's Wednesday. It's a
1: combination of willpower. It's a combination of, like... You know, if you took a
0: bite out of a cheddar cheese chunk like an apple,
1: what you're describing also for pe- certain people's palates or what they're used to eating, it can be you know it can be terrifying. Mm. Where it's like if you're really not used to eating like that and you don't enjoy, I mean, I know so many people that are not that are adults that are smart that like won't eat a vegetable. Yeah, man. In a way that like if you're forced to, it becomes way less than like a, oh I miss that. It's more like this is torture. Because I've spent like my whole life not eating like this ever, mm-hmm. and it's true. It's I mean, I feel bad, but and, and I think of that because to me, I hear the, mm-hmm. the description of the all in brown thing. I'm like, yeah, it's the way. That's a great way to eat, mm-hmm. as opposed to the Batali one, where it's just like just eat half of anything that you're eating. <laughs> I think that was his diet to lose a little bit of weight. I mean, just eat half. That's that's fun, and
0: but the uh, the 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 more importantly think the things that he said. You can never eat. The number one thing is anything that's pr- processed, Proclaimed a diet oh. food. Oh, sure. Or a processed food, sodas, mm-hmm.
1: or any fast food. So, does, is Coke Zero a soda? Coke Zero is a soda. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's down a couple
0: times a week, I'm out. See, I mean, Co- I would say Coke Zero is kind of the microwave of sodas. Oh, it's the worst. Well, I mean, where, any it, diet soda is the we Where, worst. like, on paper, no problems at all. Sure. But when you drink it, you're like, tastes really good for something that has no problems at all.
1: Or it, does or it. It's kind of, or does or it. Or
0: does it. I mean, very similar to, like, the, the whole low-fat craze of the 80s and 90s where they just replaced the fat with sugar. And salt. And salt. And instead of solving a problem, they just moved, rearranged the puzzle pieces a little bit. And then everyone was like, wait a minute, this is bullshit. Sure. It's a horrible idea. Yeah. I mean, I I worry that Coke Zero could just be another rearranging of the puzzle pieces. And then then 10 years later, there's going to be a Netflix documentary that explains how Stevia or whatever the artificial sweetener is. Just as bad for you. Same thing that happened with margarine replacing butter or whatever it may be, you know?
1: Yeah, I think any of those kind of replacement foods are scary. I think we've also gotten to a place and an awareness, I think, culturally, that those things. I mean, I, I think people that eat healthy don't think anything coming out like Stevie is healthy. I think yeah. they might find it to be. Okay, I like I want a diet soda once in a while, and I don't have to have aspartame. I'll have stevia, and that's got to be a little bit better. But I don't think anybody truly cares about what goes in their body. Isn't completely aware that if you're having a diet soda, it's just like it's not better. No. You know, it's a little different, <laughs> maybe a little better, but like on the scale mm-hmm. of better and not having it at all. Mm-hmm. So and you know, and like, also more addicting, right? Um, In your brain chemistry than just straight up sugar. I mean the people that I know that diet or that eat healthy in diet, they don't eat diet foods. They try different types of like eating that usually involves whole grains, vegetables, certain amounts of things, and and they try to find things that have stimulants in them, hopefully that work. You know, like, oh, this is one where you can have more wine than a different Mm -hmm. diet, but it's still a revolving around yeah. whole grains, vegetables and mm-hmm. you know, they like trying to find that balance. Have you, no one's like, "Oh, I'm on a new diet. It's just bars. It's so great. Trust me, <laughs> it's healthy." Like that's never been said by anybody that I
0: trust. It's not been said by anybody that we trust, but
1: it's being said by millions of people. 100% absolutely. absolutely. Which is the
0: which is the real
1: problem. But that's yeah, I mean it's definitely a problem as far as health and and marketing to them, but It's not a problem because I don't know anybody like that. Have
0: you considered. For me. So I'm chill. (laughs) We're living in our Los Feliz bubble, baby. (laughs) Come fuck with us. You can't even find us. Uh, Have you considered one of those like natural healthy sodas with like (sighs) cane sugar and raw cola root extracts and all that? Well, the thing is, I think they. I think
1: all of those taste way better than a Coke Zero. It's just getting away from just a. Like cane. Like sugar in any form. Again, it goes back to degrees of healthiness, but mm-hmm. on the spectrum of healthy and not at all, mm-hmm. it's so far like it's so far bad for you, even cane sugar. yeah, um so it's mm. kind of like, I don't know, but same thing for you know, like pork fat is
0: not great for you, but pork no. fat from a really nice heritage butcher versus the pork fat that you're getting from Wendy's. It's I, so much different. I think
1: it tastes better, I think you can process it better, but physically, I not again being a scientist or nutritionist that's well versed in this, I feel like it has somewhat similar effects on your body when you're actually talking about the actual pork fat somewhat and what it similar. does to you. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's like it's very close in that department as opposed to abstaining completely. You're like, mm-hmm. yes, it's better for you. You know mm-hmm. it's way better for you not eating it at all. But if you're talking about moderation and when to have it, yeah, you're definitely so much better off, and your body's gonna enjoy it more, and you're gonna be able to process a lot of it more. It's gonna be less chemicals, less um, antibiotics in it, less everything. But still, it's like you have to, God, you have to eat a lot more than we do of any kind of meat to really, I think, feel the effects of like heavy factory farmed meats that have those kind of those toxins in them. I mean, you gotta eat a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could eat un- you could eat like factory farmed pork once a week forever, and you'd be fine. We're talking like you
0: hear that, everything. fatties. Everything's going to be when you're eating all it,
1: right. when you're eating that stuff three times a day, mm-hmm. and then like also it's a snack you're at some die. point. You're like this, Jimmy Dean sausage is my snack for today. <laughs> like that's like that's where it's you're going down a dark road. It's gonna affect you.
0: <laughs> um, what have uh have you been working on any food? Food ideas, experiments this week at
1: all, Andre? I haven't really cooked that much at all this week, or anything exciting. I made a big pot of turkey chili, which we're about to have. Um, well, on Sunday we had you oh, made some. Oh yeah, there was that. That was not, oh, okay. That, yeah, we haven't done it since podcast. So our friend Dano um, had a birthday party, and I wanted to make him a brisket, but I couldn't find a point. So the brisket's two muscles connected, right? But they're separate. They're very easy. They're uh, not very easy, but they're, it's kind of clear that they're two different muscles. So you get a flat and a point. And a point is a lot more marbled and a little less misshapen. And a flat comes off, and you can square it to almost look like a perfect rectangle. Mm-hmm. The points usually get sold to restaurants. They're so desirable. They're where burnt ends come from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I couldn't find one. And I got kind of annoyed, but then I found a whole brisket, USDA prime, at Costco that was like twenty pounds or twenty one pounds, and I was like, I can break this thing down. This is fine. Mm-hmm. Got the whole thing, and it was so much cheaper too. It was like three ninety nine a pound, or f- mm-hmm. as opposed to when you buy even just a, a flat butchered, it's usually like seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine, and. Broke that down, ended up having two flats just because it's a whole muscle, but it was so big I couldn't even cook the flat. So broke it into two flats and then had the point. And then we sous vide. I still have one point, I mean one flat left in the fridge. Um, but sous vide that for 32 hours, one point and one flat. And then put it in the oven at 275 because I don't have a smoker here at the house or a grill because it's mm-hmm. a condo. With mm-hmm. Balconies on the second, third floor. Mm-hmm. I might change. I'm still looking into what I can do. But I also it's like it just defeats the purpose of being stuck outside on a skinny ass balcony as opposed to all the backyard barbecues we've had forever. That's the mm-hmm. fun part. Not the I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you want to be but, sitting on a folding chair in the grass. Point being, I've smoked them after to finish the sous vide, and they're slightly better, mm-hmm. but very. This was excellent, and this was just in the oven, and it was just salt and black pepper, nothing else. Heavy, classic Texas style. It was very good. And then you also vacuum sealed them before instead of just. I did, which I think I, I think helps with the size and less than the actual taste. Yeah, because they were bigger than I was used to. Um, yeah, and I, a friend of mine Doesn't got it make me. Doesn't it a taste vac-
0: better. It just makes it yeah. easier to manage.
1: Much easier to manage. Um, and a friend of mine got that, got me a vacuum sealer for my birthday, so that was the f- <laughs> second time I'd used it. And, though, and then we made a shrimp tower for Dano, too, that was all sous vide shrimp, but I already talked about the sous vide cocktail shrimp.
0: Yeah, man. Sous vide shrimp is really the move.
1: It's I, I can't imagine, unless you want to char on it, and you can finish it probably real quickly, but I can't imagine a better way to cook shrimp. The texture is just like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so through and through perfect. And people always say that about sous vide, and I've found that not to be the case, like Still, have yet to have a better steak out of a broiler or cast iron or a grill than out of a sous vide. Th- something about it—the texture just goes wonky side by side tasting, mm-hmm. and it's good. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't make a good steak in a sous vide, but like,
0: I agree. I did it. Well, like, there's certain things. I did that... it like
1: six times, and each time I was like, "This is just like one degree off, and it would be fine. It would mm-hmm. be it's delicious." But I know that I can do it differently and probably enjoy it more. Well,
0: that's why that's where it really shines with something like a shrimp cocktail, where you're just eating cold cooked shrimp and you don't care about does it have a good maillard effect or anything sure. like that. You want it to be a clean, precise representation of this cooked at its best, and no better way to do that with than a sioux.
1: But the small, the small pork loin is, inc- I think the better the best ones i've ever done have been sous vide. So that's another mm-hmm. one that like comes out really incredibly well. i want to sous vide an octopus soon. sure. slither it in there. i wonder how that would vacuum seal. the vacuum sealer that i have is you know like a nice food saver, but it's not i'm forgetting the term. i'll look it up. But there's the ones that you do with liquids are basically like the yeah. vacuum sealers that you use for like a screen print or something. It's crazy. They like
0: those, those are the ones where it flash seals it to trap the yeah. liquids in.
1: Well, it's like it sits there, and you can look at the videos on how it's done. But it's like it vacuums, it vacuums, it vacuums for like two minutes, and then like faster than you can blink, it just is mm-hmm. like it all happens at once. And those you can get those. I mean, I think they start at like <laughs> eight nine hundred bucks. They're big and they're heavy. And, and cumbersome and
0: kind of a pain but, in the ass to clean.
1: But even, I, I thought I could deal Much with like it. Much like
0: watching an octopus in the wild pouncing <laughs> on its prey, living behind a cloak of camouflage.
1: Those beaks. Yeah, blink. And gotcha. <laughs> late. No, but I even added a little bit of liquid smoke to the briskets. Mm. Wait, no, that was fine. What, what didn't seal? No, I guess it was the briskets that I had to reseal a few times. But even like a little leakage, uh, yeah, half teaspoon of of liquid smoke and or too much olive oil with the shrimp, even like that was enough, very small amounts of liquid. That was enough. Half a
0: teaspoon was enough to get some leakage,
1: not leakage. But you could see like where the seal would go through and. It would be vacuum sealed, but then I had to reseal it like right away. And I'd reseal it like three mm. times going along it. But the initial mm. seal wasn't perfect. And I was like, God damn, you can't he-. like. But it also speaks to like how well it can seal dry. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's incredible the seal it does do. Maybe dry. next time you need to do a little injection. But wouldn't that like open the whole thing? Oh, like inject it into the meat and then do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Trap them liquids inside. It's hard though, because there's like so many. I know it's hard. It's like there's so many things I want to do that aren't necessarily like a liquid, but a few lemon slices or something like that where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Maybe, though, I mean, it's like the times I've tried to infuse in a sous vide, a lot of times it doesn't really succeed. It doesn't really pan out. we talked about that before. And it does like release so much liquid inside the bag that it's it like, it really does make it stay moist mm. in that way that like, one, there's no moisture leaving, but you'll see it. You'll see how much liquids left the au jus from like the briskets that we then mm-hmm. pour into just some like nice, decent barbecue sauce, like Sweet Baby Ray's or something, mm-hmm. and then turnt it a little, and that changes it into like a barbecue sauce. Like, mm. like you can't yeah, you so can't good. believe that it's not homemade. Yeah, just it's uh, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. And it thins out so nice; it almost has that like homemade barbecue sauce texture. You ignore the. Uh- two-inch
0: layer of fat floating on the top. Yeah, there's that. It's kind of st- like a hillbilly ramen broth, if just, you really think about just it. Just got
1: to keep stirring it. Yeah, it's definitely... It just never stop stirring, and then
0: the fat layer
1: won't. It's definitely a Memphis tonkatsu.
0: Memphis tonkatsu! Dipping some spaghetti noodles in there. <laughs> I've... uh The last podcast, we were talking about this... this goddamned... Uh, Pedialyte Bloody Mary... <laughs> I'm 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 narrowed it down very close. The only thing I need to do is I, I added a little bit of sugar and it was a little too much,
1: but I'm I'm right there. Just 1.3, uh, 1. 1. 1.4. What v are we on? This is version five. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5 introduces the addition of clam juice. Sure. Nice. Yep. And that might cover a, yeah, maybe that little umami there kind of covers it. it introduces
0: things. clam juice and gochujang and miso paste, Ooh! so it's getting real Asian getting, it's getting it's getting Asiany, which is good, which is good, which is great, nothing absolutely zero wrong with that mm-hmm. in Bloody Mary yeah, the only problem is I, I did it, and I, I put a little bit of sugar in there,
1: mm-hmm. and it made it a little bit too sweet, but it's it's right there. There's some sugar in the miso. There's also some salt in the miso. Mhm. Not bad things.
0: It's so annoying though, like when you're like recipe testing something. What
1: does the miso do to the texture?
0: It all blends up in together. Yeah. You just blend it and let it sit. But this newest version and
1: I removed So are you testing it with vodka? No, I'm drinking it straight up. Which I'm I just feel like it's important because the thicker bloody marys that I've had from a bloody mary mix standpoint i'm like ugh. Mm -hmm. then you have vodka you're like oh yeah yeah better i'm sort of like using my brain to figure
0: out how much or a little and i realized that like straining it not straining it at all good for mixing it with beer straining it through a strainer good for vodka straining it through cheesecloth good for drinking it straight up Mm -hmm. drinking it neat very interesting Oh, it's it's one of those dumb things where I'm just I hate it so much at this point, but I have to finish it, you know what I mean?
1: What's well, better than hating it so much and not finishing and going through with it? I know. Which would I I would have the potential to do that and be like, "Now I'm good."
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the I mean, truly a metaphor for life, you know what I mean? But also luckily with with food and recipes and and experimenting with an idea that you're creating, you're it's you're you're able to see the finish line, last five yards, man. Yeah, absolutely. But you're able to be like, all right, it's not like, hey, I'm gonna write a book or I'm gonna make a movie. Where you're like, oh, but it's it's so daunting. But you're like, hey, I'm gonna figure out how to make Bloody Mary mix out of Pedialyte.
1: Considering how rarely I see you drink a Bloody Mary, and you like them. I'm not saying you don't like them. We've had many together. Not really. I feel like we've had quite a few, or I don't know. Seems like it. Yeah, I know you never
0: drink Bloody Marys.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair. But
0: uh, I couldn't think of a better thing to incorporate PD light into.
1: It's a you know a brilliant concept.
0: (laughs) But I I, but I've been on full experimentation mode, Mm -hmm. and I did I did a new experiment today, Mm -hmm. which is. Pretty fucked up.
1: All right, I'm listening.
0: All right, so I'm making, you know, you. I've been trying to figure out something to do with Vegemite Mm -hmm. because I don't really like Vegemite that much. Mm -mm. A lot of people love
1: Vegemite, don't like it. Let's start with it as a main ingredient. (laughs) I like like a challenge, challenge, and I have a let's use it as a springboard.
0: I have tons of Australian friends who absolutely love Vegemite, they think Mm -hmm. it's amazing, Mm -hmm. and it's and I think it's such a difficult. Ingredient to do anything with other than throw away, smear it on, <laughs> other than light it on fire and <laughs> yeah. and uh, throw it down a well. Yeah. If you don't know what Vegemite is, it's a, it's an Australian yeasty. It's basically just like if soy sauce was as thick as peanut butter. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it is. Mm. It's real fermenty, yeasty, way worse than that. Umami, h- hard to explain. I
1: actually like it but like a th- like a peanut butter thick soy sauce doesn't seem to come close to like true it's a little granular in texture it's not smooth it's it it, it looks like if
0: you put motor oil in an <laughs> oven on on 250 for 3 days yeah and then just crumbled bread into it smooth it out uh, yeah i mean a, if you put a bunch of black jelly beans in a blender or i don't know yeah it it's fucked up sure but uh, a national treasure in many parts of the world, and I like it, and you like it. So, and I don't, and I like it, I guess, but I never, I've never crave it. And I'll be like, I'll try it, and it's fine. Like, and most people will just make toast, put some butter on it, and a little bit of Vegemite mm-hmm. is how people eat it, normally.
1: or as a sandwich spread, right? Sometimes it makes, or as a with sandwich it.
0: spread, some people use it with an avocado toast, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So then I was, but then, mostly
1: it's on bread. Classic is just yeah, on toast. On toast.
0: So on. And I saw a bunch of recipes where people are like using it, uh, like making like hot wings with Vegemite sauce, mm-hmm. or all these well, doesn't other. Doesn't sound that.
1: I could see that. It Doesn't seem that bad.
0: It doesn't seem that bad. But the the problem is, it's like, is it really going to be Vegemite sauce, or is it going to be
1: a great sauce with just a little Vegemite in it? Yeah, and because like, yeah, Vegemite sure. is so
0: strong. It's right. so strong. Yeah. That whatever you're gonna, it, whatever you're gonna make out of it. It's never going to be a, tr- a true Vegemite thing. It's going no, to be- it's not a
1: toss in Vegemite with like salt and pepper.
0: No, that'd be a nightmare. Sure. So everyone's like, you know, butter and Vegemite. That's what it is. So then I was, I've been really wanting to experiment with making my own cultured butter. Mm-hmm. So I got, I got some unpasteurized cream, whisked it with some Vegemite. So it was like fully emulsified. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a light. Brown, like off-white color. Just a just a whisper of it. The same ratio of Vegemite to butter that you use in on the a mixer. Toast in a in in a stand mixer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then add some live culture, grass-fed yogurt from Whole Foods. You know, a spoonful of that. Mix it again, and then put a towel over it and just let it sit for 24 hours out in the open. It's doing that right now, and then tomorrow I will whisk it up and separate the the buttermilk from the butter, and then I hopefully have Vegemite-infused live-active culture butter. Wild.
1: Maybe. and It might be gross. <clears throat> what is it like? Have you tasted it before it formed? A little bit. How was it? It's good. Yeah. It's good. Oh, it's exciting. I, mean, I love... I love cultured butter so much. Now, do you feel like this is basically you've fallen to the trap which you've just described, which is you've just added Vegemite to butter. Butter's great. Wings are great. Wing sauce is great. Mm-hmm. You add a little Vegemite to it, still wing sauce with Vegemite. How do you, f- you feel confident that you can say this is definitely a Vegemite product? I think so. Okay. I, think,
0: I think it's sort of like a, it's a very traditional way of doing it of like your you're preserving the integrity of, of the Vegemite, and you're not trying to cram it down into something dumb like a Vegemite ice cream or something like that, where it's just like uh, Are you, a, a dumb novelty idea. What do you think the ratio is? The ratio Fitty-fitty? of Vegemite to cream? No, 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 no. It's like 10 to 1 or 10 something. to 1. It's like, oh, it's a small, the first one I want it to be a small amount. right. Um, so now i 'll just have a a log of vegemite, and then also i won 't have to add any salt to it
1: because it 's already salty as a son of a bitch. Do you have any cool, tiny flour butter molds to kind of put them into mm. chill them down. I have some
0: ring molds that I can use to make like a you know just some little rings when like I was looking hockey for, pucks. when I
1: was looking for dip molds for the, dip mold for the Super Bowl dip contest which i lost horribly um same i found a lot of very fun edible molds that just came up and constantly searching all kinds of molds because you search dip molds you're not going to find anything i don't know what a dip mold is well it's like a cake mold but i thought like oh it'd be like a funny shape for a dip to be in oh got it got it like a jello mold or something yeah jello mold so then i was like oh that's that's an idiot term that doesn't exist and i made that up (laughs) So I started searching jello mold and cake mold and then eventually obviously in the dark internet I found edible molds. But a lot of them were basically just repurposed butter molds. What is molds. an edible mold? It's like for making edibles. But all it is is like they're advertising as an edible mold, but it's just candy or butter molds that are like tiny, like oh, like it. gummy bear molds, but they're like edible gummy bear molds. And you're like, are you just putting edible in front of everything and mm. saying that like, it's weed-related, which is what they did.
0: So, Mom, what he's talking about is the sa- the little chocolate mold, maybe like a silicone rubber thing where you pour a chocolate into or make exactly a little it. candy out of. Yep, They put the drugs inside the chocolate. The weed goes inside of there, and then you eat it. The marijuana treat.
1: pot is inside.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: But so I came across a bunch of butter molds, and I thought how cool it would be to kind of like if you served your own butter in mm-hmm. like you know like the tiny little like quarter size like florette. So or you want it to be petal. like yeah, a floret, a rose Like if petal. you're eating at a hotel, what about
0: a Monopoly top hat? That'd be real nice. be I mean, incredible. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, really, like. There's a lot of fun, small, small like candy molds that would be that I think have never been used for butter that would be very fun. <clears throat> I like it. Yeah. Nay, I love it. Just like uh, Boba Fett's face on your toast in in <laughs> butter Marmite or butter Vegemite. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I can get the uh,
0: the the Boba Fett's logo,
1: the Star Wars pack.
0: I got the full pack, and then when, once I do that, then I'm also going to. The, speaking of the dark side, I'm going to have Vegemite buttermilk as the byproduct. Oh yeah, you will. What am I going to do
1: with that? Come on, dog. Biscuit and fried chicken. Biscuit. Or. <laughs> yeah. You could do Vegemite a really nice biscuit. dressing. You could, or I don't know how it's going to come out, but <laughs> yeah, I could do a dressing. You could do a dressing. <laughs> you could do. You could brine uh, chicken in it for frying, Ooh. or you could make Ooh, a biscuit.
0: Vegemite brined buttermilk chicken
1: with buttermilk biscuit with Vegemite buttermilk biscuit that's what I'm saying That's chicken and biscuit that's good but I don't know what I mean then what else have I used buttermilk for I feel like that's it yeah that's why I'm saying saying dressing but you can't you can't or you could try to but I mean my
0: Vegemite Szechuan
1: blue cheese yeah there you go
0: (laughs) that's like one. that's like when you have a baby that comes out and it looks so bad, you got to shoot it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Same kind of vibe as Vegemite, Szechuan, Peppercut. Gunshot goes off and the doctor's like,
1: stillborn. <laughs> Didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, what man. was that loud noise? We were just celebrating its life. It had four heads. Yeah. We, had to, you, we had to do what we had to do. Um, but I'm trying to think, you could try going non-savory, going dessert, because the only other time outside of brining chicken and making biscuits or a dressing, I don't know when else I've ever used buttermilk. Um, oh, so that for, means I'm
0: gonna have to make my buttermilk vegemite ice cream, right? Or a panacota.
1: Yeah, panacota, or just even like uh, any kind of cake that's ever called for, like a buttermilk cream cake, things like that. Mm. I mean, it might not be bad. You won't know until you try it. That's why. I, How much buttermilk? Buttermilk. It's getting hard to keep saying Vegemite with everything, but how much Vegemite buttermilk are you going to have, you think, as a product? I don't product? know. I mean, I think. Not a ton. I've never made cultured butter like this
0: before, but I think that, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess roughly 50 50 butterfat solids to buttermilk, or maybe, I think that you get more buttermilk.
1: I would start with the biscuit. I like it. I mean, I feel, like the, I feel like the biscuit would actually be really good. The buttermilk chicken, you may not even taste the, the Vegemite, so. True. If you really wanted to see if there was an essence in it, I think baking it into a biscuit or some kind of savory mm-hmm. pastry would work well.
0: You hear that, Australians? Pew.
1: Don't steal my shit. Pew, pew. <laughs> this is not going to... Nobody's going to hear this. So if you're hearing this, you stole it off Jason's computer because this idea is t- <laughs> too good. Yeah, if
0: you heard this... Give um, it back. Give it back. Um. Speaking of weird infusions and that dinner party, my brother brought over hamon Iberico-infused... Potato chips, very good. That's a new one for me. Yeah, but it's but it's from um, the same brand that does the caviar chips and the black truffle chips, and they're all good. They are all good. I was disappointed in the the hamon chips, though. I feel like the ham flavor was
1: it just tasted kind of salty, not like prominent
0: diff- enough for me. Like a different kind of salty. Agreed. And and how do they really infuse that jamon Iberico flavor into a, a damn potato chip.
1: Well, they melt into mescal, and then they squirt that mescal as it goes down the conveyor belt coming out of the fryer. Oh, okay. On the top potato chip. Good to know. Well, you Yes, the right person. I was I was researching how you
0: make uh, evaporated milk. Mm-hmm. How do you? you? They do like this thing called like spray drying, where they they take milk and they sh- they shoot it through. A gun that sprays it into a super fine mist and then that mist bakes and dries all the moisture out of it and then it's scraped off into a powder so I mean I guess kind of like making cocaine yeah. not to bring not to bring it back to drugs so much Please mom. bring it back drugs mom I've never made cocaine before <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly how it's done but I do have I've got warrants
1: I've seen Viceland I've listened to rap <laughs> Um, because I would okay, I'm gonna Google a video after this because that sounds very interesting to watch.
0: Because I was thinking, like, evaporated milk, like, people don't really use it for anything that much, but the quality of milk that's going into making a shelf stable evaporated milk that you buy for not very much money has to be so shitty.
1: Well, I think, like, yeah, but. People definitely are using it. I feel like it's like
0: animal grade milk at that point or something.
1: But no, well, maybe. I mean, but I think there's certain things that we take for granted that you can survive off of that are are shelf stable and shippable Mm -hmm. that don't require refrigeration. And I mean, there's probably more dense, more nutrient rich things out there, but still, like, I think this is a situation where it's a product that would we use um, by choice and electively? Probably not, unless it calls for very specific texture things for cooking, but. As far as like how it exists or why it exists, I mean, and for the rest of the world, it's probably a very important product.
0: True. Well, I mean, I was, I was mo- continue with my trend of completely unnecessary things. Yeah. A artisanal evaporated milk is yeah. not <laughs> high up on the list of uh, top sellers. Oh,
1: boy. But I was thinking... Raw evaporated milk? Is that where you're going with that? Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, because I was looking up the recipe for this, there's like this Filipino cookie called a pulverone have you heard of it no it's basically like a. it's like this it's a cookie that you don't even cook Mm -hmm. and you you so it's like magic it's kind of like well you you take flour and then you put flour into like a pan and then you toast it like you would a sesame seed for like 10 or 15 minutes so the flour turns kind of like a you tan. toast the flour sure sure toast sure toast the flour yeah. but just like all it's like purpose a roux flour without
1: anything else in it
0: a dry roux baby yeah you toast that and then you mix it in a bowl the toasted flour mixed with evaporated milk sugar and melted butter you mix it all to it's like the consistency of like a wet sand mm-hmm. and then you take that and put it in a ring mold mm-hmm. pop it out and then like wrap it in some whatever like wax paper or little plastic wrap or something like that and then when it dries it hardens into this little hockey puck that breaks up kind of like and it's a it's a really interesting weird texture and flavor and it's like a we probably just taste the butter a classic Filipino treat
1: I mean the only reason it hardens is because the butter the melted butter is now hardened I mean, that's the only there's that's the only binding agent right there's no egg there's no anything there's no evaporated and you're, and milk. You're not,
0: but that's the thing is like how and what does the evaporated milk do other than offer a milky flavor but does that create some type of binding agent
1: that's a great question maybe I mean I would imagine also it just is some kind of moistener like it actually like so you have enough of a binding agent so it 's not like a pure butter cookie mm-hmm. i don 't know this sounds like budget food and budget not in a bad way, but I mean, like look, if you have to it make is. something cheap, butter 's not cheap. evaporated milk is very cheap. Mm-hmm. you cut that down it 's better than water because it 's got some flavor and some texture to mm-hmm. it it 's like how can you make something like you know on a budget it 's like those are the like sugar flour butter evaporated milk i 'm mm-hmm. curious as how well the how well the sugar ends up melting, and like, I guess it doesn't matter as long as it's evenly distributed. But yeah, I, I mean, are you tasting like granules of sugar when you're eating it? Probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So now my next move is to make. But it also
1: sounds good. I a mean, like, dumb, th- ridiculous version of that. Like British butter cookies are. I mean, like yeah, not unlike I mean, that. That's it's not. You're not that far off, and I'm imagining it being delicious. It is delicious. And then you can buy them in different flavors. Anyone
0: who's listening to this right now who is Filipino. Do they come in different colors? Yeah. It's like red, red, green,
1: little... You can get like
0: taro flavor or cookies and cream or chocolate or strawberry or whatever like that.
1: And then you hit a little red dye number five for fun. Mm -hmm, A little drop in there. mm -hmm. It's got a cool color. But I need to make it artisanal
0: with a a live active culture Vegemite brown butter, Maldon salt. (laughs) uh Hand stone milled, sure.
1: spelt flour. You should probably grill the flour instead of heat it up in a pan. Ooh, <laughs> I love grilled flour, but
0: who? I mean, must be nice because not cheap. No. Um. All right, Andre. Best thing we ate all week.
1: Uh, I don't. I don't care. It's this place is so good. I don't <laughs> give a shit. I'm going to say the same place, but a different dish. Hamlet's Kitchen in Glendale.
0: Hamlet's Kitchen in Glendale
1: is best. It's so good. It's so good. So I talked about the pork sandwich last week. Also, my brisket was pretty good. So Hamlet's Kitchen. Maybe my brisket was the best one I would made. Disclosure, just saying. like mm, It came out very no, it good. It was good. Um, so what they call pork wrist on the menu. Because when you get a pork, you can get... I the balls to call this. This is the wrist. You can get chops, ribs... Wrist and something else. I think butt. It's mm-hmm. just butt.
0: I mean, how do you see wrist on the menu and not order it? Is what a, I right? mean, that's smart branding and I advertising. Mean, I mean, I didn't
1: even order it as wrist. I, You know, I'm not the most... I mean, I am. I'm a very adventuresome eater, but I'm also like, the weirdest thing on the menu is not what I want to order, unless sure. someone's like, you should try it, or mm-hmm. I feel like I want to try it. But it's not instantly like, oh, I have to try wrist. Because mm-hmm. obviously it's not pork wrist. Like, that doesn't really exist in a way that you could actually serve enough of, right?
0: Right, there's yeah, there's a hook, I mean, like a pork wrist is yeah. an inch of pork. So, okay. but when I went,
1: the guy who was cooking, we were talking, I was just saying how good the food was, and he's like, here, try these things, and he gave me the Armenian name for them, and so I ordered that, and so I, I'm, I think at, we were talking, and, and we were trying to kind of figure it out language-wise, but I think basically they're a different, deeper cut of riblets. Mm-hmm. That they're going higher up on the rib to get more tender meat, but mm-hmm. it's basically like you're talking about the ends that you would use to kind of like form and shape like uh, a rack of ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just incredible. They're incredible. Like I, I watched I took them a bite co- out of it cold, I, and it was amazing. I watched them come out, and they don't look pre cooked, but there's a lot of like connected tissue that's not broken down, but delicious and edible. He has a jewel. <laughs> He's done. No, but I mean, like I see them come out, and they're raw. I mean, they're raw, but then you're getting like little pieces of collagen and stuff that are cooked enough, that are delicious. But I don't know why how that happens in ten minutes on a barbecue. Right, right, right. Um, there's kind of like I don't know how this is happening vibe that also makes me very happy. But the food alone is incredible. Mm-hmm. Plate comes out, you get like eight or nine of these very large pieces of ribs. Mm. Um, not like a full, like, beef there's bone for, in there, but still, there's a lot of meat. A lot of meat. Um, you had a choice of rice or potato. And the, I took potato, and it was like four huge circular discs of fried potato that was really nice. Yeah,
0: potatoes cut lengthwise. Yeah. The was, other way.
1: Yeah, huge. A flat. And then um, a grilled serrano pepper and a grilled tomato, and then uh, like a whole piece of lavash, like a whole, like what you would buy. A folded. lavash where if you unfold it, it'd be six feet long. Yeah, it's like the piece that you buy in a bag. Mm-hmm. Like they just throw one of those on top of everything and hand it to you. Love that shit. Yeah, man. he was smoking cigarettes the whole time he was cooking. It was mm-hmm. the best thing ever. And then that lavash,
0: the, those meat juices soak into that bread. Sure. And it tastes better than the meat. Did I tell you about the, um, the Persian?
1: There's like a, a metaphor involving the meat and the yes. bread.
0: Did I talk about that on the pod?
1: I think you might, think have, but if you didn't mention it quickly, because you definitely told me about about the bread soaking with the meat. The, the yeah, the bread you
0: order you order kebabs or grilled meats, and then they're served on on top of the bread, and then the bread soaks up those juices, and then the bread, the juice flavored bread, you you kind of quietly crave that more than the actual yep. meat itself, the star of the show, which is a metaphor for. Quietly liking your wife's sister
1: yep. more than you like your wife. Straight
0: up. Nuneziri kebab.
1: Nuneziri kebab. <laughs> and also, real quick, so there's also like the shaved onion, parsley, and sumac in the corner too in this plate. I had a bite. Vital for throwing into the lavash and making a sammy so out of. So good. Um, I think the last last week
0: I talked about a sushi place called Sorigashi. Mm
1: hmm. I don't know if I, I don't remember what my favorite thing was, but I went there again. We're both doing twofers.
0: Yeah, I think so. This is
1: never. I've never done a twofer, and we're both doing. We're it. both doing twofer. Crazy.
0: And I went and I had a bunch of sushi, and it was all really good. And they have all these really good things, like this lotus root salad that's really good, and they have the eggplant in miso.
1: Is the, it's the lotus? Super good. Is the lotus root salad just kind of like Ben Reiner, and then kind of soy? Sesame oil, kind of thing, but I've tried to make it a million times and I can't make it as good. It's
0: exactly that. And yeah. it's definitely the best one I've ever had. Yeah. But they I, lo- had I love
1: that. I love that. One of my favorite things in the We're world. We're going this week, baby.
0: They have, they're on their specials list, they had, uh, it just said like fried smelt. And I got it. It was like five bucks or six bucks or something like that. And it's a little bowl of just whole smelt fish, which are like, you know, three inch long bait fish. I've seen them. I'm scared. And they're 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 gutted but otherwise whole, like bones and all. And then they're I think maybe a cornstarch or a rice flour. But smelt so oily. And fried and just served on a plate. There's probably like seven or eight of them. And then a little there's a lemon wedge, some like super finely cut. Green onion and then like a little ponzu dipper. And the flavor is and is a really good crunch on it. Super clean flavor. Not fishy at all. Not oily at all. Just like a really nice little fried fish appetizer snack treat. And are you doing
1: like a heathcliff where you're just like kinda like putting the fish in and pulling out like a perfect skeleton? No, munching the whole thing, baby. Oh, bones and all. Yeah, you munch the whole thing. Whoa, you're showing me a picture, and I'm saying, what is going on? It's yeah, a lot of food for five bucks. And that was after I ate a couple of them. And, and no problem with the bones skin anything.
0: Because, no. uh, I mean, on those smaller young bait fish, young bait fish. You know what I what want I mean? to try that. They're, uh, you know, you can often eat them, bones and all. Fins, gills. Eyes. Eat the eyes jowls
1: mm-hmm. so that's what i say um well i'll i'll try this week i'd love to try this week. yeah we'll
0: go this week it's great um that concludes this week's episode of the stew you can listen to my other podcast it's called tall tales also available on itunes you can follow me on social media at them jeans andre conobar has no social media as you all know i don't have any stewpodcast.com is the website where all the episodes is at. And thank you so much. If you like the show, please take a moment. <laughs> Give us a nice rating and review on iTunes. We'd love that. Th- and also, just keep listening. Telling friends. Yeah, keep The li- last time I checked, we are literally at number three on the iTunes charts. Above Bon Appetit. Incredible. That's crazy.
1: I don't want to jinx it. Oh, I'd love to keep it going.
0: But man, let's keep this... Let's keep the ship afloat. In the next few weeks, if you hear us talking about blue apron, don't be surprised. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I was like, is that happening? Bye-bye. <laughs>